welcome to another edition of To Homer and Back, the official podcast of Streaking the Lawn. My name is Pierce. Thanks for joining us this evening. I've got with me two of my Streaking the Lawn colleagues, uh, Caroline, joining us tonight. Say hello, Caroline. Hey, sorry, I'm a little sick tonight. Uh, it's okay. You oh. can't get germs through the computer. I'm pretty true. Sure. True. And uh, Matt Ellis is joining us tonight. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, you know, I was better like four hours ago. Yeah, yeah, it's been... Uh... Yeah, the world is a team anymore. This is the worst. Mark, Rick, why? I know, I'm fine. <laughs> well, certainly we've got a lot to discuss. Um, I mean, I, I was hoping to it would be a podcast of optimism and, and exploration of possibilities in terms of the coaching search and, and the basketball season. But uh, right before... I guess we, you know, this evening we we got the the sad news that that uh, former Georgia coach Mark Rick is slated to become the next coach at the University of Miami, uh, which is his alma mater. Uh, so it 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 could totally make sense why he would choose to go there. But I know a lot of UVA fans out there were quite excited um, to to get him to interview for our coaching opening. Uh, there's some, uh, I think, up in the air in terms of what I'm reading on Twitter, whether or not he was actually in Charlottesville today or not. Uh, I, I guess in the long run it doesn't really matter because he didn't choose UVA. But uh, what, do you guys, what do you guys think about that? I mean, he, he seemed like a home run type of hire. I, mean, I think there was a lot of optimism uh, associated with with him being the possibility uh, of our new next our head coach, but uh, you know, is the sky falling, or, or are we out of good coaching candidates? Is this an indication of the the terrible job our administration has done in in having <laughs> this position, or is this just uh, a case of uh, our number one choice probably uh, choosing something that that stuck? closer to his goals or, or maybe that being geographically or the type of program or the history of the program or the fact that he played there and went there and maybe felt more comfortable there. <laughs> Caroline, what, what do you take away from this whole drama? I'm going to go the latter. I mean, I, I don't know with the back and forth and the plane following, like whether he was in Charlottesville or not, like I can't speak to that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume he wasn't because who doesn't go to Charlottesville to immediately love it. Duh, obviously. But I think that there's too much being made of like how this is an epic failure by the administration. Like we don't know a single thing that happened. Like we, <laughs> he could, I mean, he's a, he's an adult people. Like he had, he like the stuff you listed, he went to Miami. Maybe he wants to live by a beach. Like who knows? Like, I don't know. He just, it, it's a bit, you know, we're all big kids. Like he just didn't choose us. We don't even, again, we don't even know that there was a meeting in which he didn't choose us. So Mm-hmm. There are plenty of other coaches. Like it's not like this is three months from now. And if London was fired four days ago, mm-hmm. like four days ago, like I understand that there's some pressure when you've got like Fuente going to Virginia Tech and mm-hmm. DJ Durkin going to Maryland. Like that stuff coming out. Like it sucks to see your like quote unquote rivals getting hires of like relatively competent people, uh-huh. and you're still like. What are we going to be stuck with? Is it going to be Mac Brown? And like everyone's flipping out. Um, I will flip out if it's Mac Brown, but that's a conversation. That's fair. You know, that's definitely fair. But I remember seeing someone say, like, you know, it's going to be three months from now and Mac Brown's going to be like, oh, hey there. How are you yeah. doing? Like, no. <laughs> Matt, what, not, what did you take away from yeah. uh, 
today's action. <laughs> so right after the Rick news came out, actually, I put up a a highly unofficial Twitter poll with uh, I think it was Matt Brown, Matt Rule, uh, who's the coach at Temple, uh, Mike Sanford, the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and uh, Jeff Brom, the coach at Western Kentucky, asking people who they would want. And Matt Brown won, um, <laughs> which is the most concerning part for me. Um, because I'm with you guys, and that he, he's absolutely not who I want. Um, I, I think I agree with Caroline for the most part, right? Um, so it's definitely disappointing because mm-hmm. there was all this optimism all day where allegedly he was in Charlottesville and things were going well. Um, and I know numbers were being reported that for, for once it really seemed like money was not going to be an issue this time. We weren't going to get outbid. Um, so I, I think it looked like things were trending the right way. And whenever that happens, and and UVA fans get their hopes up. Nothing good can happen of that. Um, so we're all sort of we're all sort of accustomed to this at this point. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of good coaches out there, right? There's the four guys that I just named. You've got uh, guys like Dan Mullen at Mississippi State, um, and we can we can go and hire Al Golden, who we know loves Charlottesville, and he would be great, and everyone would riot, but it'd be fun. Let's yeah. <laughs> get all those old sassy pictures of him from the sidelines, which I've been. Uh, loving would would you guys both say that uh you know before today before any of the talk of oh mac or mac i'm sorry mark richt is uh coming to visit coming to interview but once he was fired and and for all intents and purposes a a viable candidate did he become your number one in, in terms of hypothetical coaches coaches you wanted to see was he at the top of your personal hot board for coaching replacement yeah, I would say so. I mean, as he's described as, you know, a great guy who can actually win, which is opposed to Mike London, who's just a great guy. And I, I mean, I, everyone knows I like Coach London. He's a fantastic human being, and I wish we could keep people on for being fantastic human beings. But I also hate losing the tech, so I can see where, you know, the chagrin comes in. But, I mean, it's hard not to have someone like Mark Richt up there. My cousin's a, a Georgia grad, and she was hysterical because she was like, get him out. And I was like, this is unreal to me, the dichotomy between the two fan bases, mm-hmm. where he can do what he did. At, I think he had 51 losses in 15 years, and we've had 55 and seven. So, I mean, yeah. like, we're like, yay, Mark Richt. And she's like, the plague, get him out. So, I mean, it's all how you look at it, but this could be the – Hubby Smith to Tony Bennett thing for us where we have our hearts set on Mark Richt and all of a sudden we don't know that there's someone, I don't know, Sanford. I'm not saying he's a guy, but say there's someone like that that comes Whoever in that it could be. has no right. idea and he does awesome. So, right. Matt, was he at the top of your board as well? Uh, I've been an advocate for, for Dan Mullen over uh-huh. Richt. Um, Richt was at the top of my board, I guess, realistically because – There were rumors, I know, like a week ago that Mullen was interested in UVA, Tech, and Maryland um, and wanted to get back in the area. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Tech and Maryland are are now filled, so I hope those rumors are true and he has to settle for us. Um, But once it looked like Rick was a good possibility, he sort of became the top pick. But if there's any way we can get Dan Mullen, I think that'd be a a phenomenal hire, and I think even a better hire, because if you can win seven, eight, nine, ten games a year in Starkville, Mississippi, uh, you can absolutely win that many in the ACC Coastal. Um, so I, he, he's my top choice. Um, yeah. and hopefully yeah, we, can, we can work mine magic too. there. He's my new fave. Yeah. I would say... Um, Plus our colors are way better than that like brown, burnt red, whatever they were. So <laughs> win-win. 
Uh, ever since that baseball super regional, they everything about Mississippi State just disgusts me. So we'll just tell him to leave his only. bells at home. Like that's yeah. part of the contract. That's my no only negative with him. But uh, he's tainted just having been there. But no, I think he's definitely in the top group. I will say um, before that, Rick was was available. Uh, the guy who's probably now my number one and and has always been in my top group for sure is Troy Calhoun, uh, Air Force's coach. Uh, I I just think he's got an absolutely great resume of demonstrated success building a system, which sort of speaks to, you know, the type of coach that UVA needs, someone who brings in, you know, the X's and O's that are going to do well, even if it's not just four-star and five-star recruits playing in that system. Not that we can't recruit well. I mean, obviously, Mike London shown we can can get good recruits here and and wins are going to get good recruits here no matter who the coach is. But I think – the thing we were missing with the London regime is something that Troy Calhoun would definitely bring, which is a demonstrated knowledge of, of what kind of system will work for no matter who your players are, you know, or, or at least scouting and recruiting players who fit that system. And that I think draws that Tony Bennett comparison that, that you're making Caroline, somebody um, who is bringing in uh, the ability to, to succeed here. And if you do it at air force, there's no reason you couldn't do it at a place like UVA. Yeah, go Navy. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And what I think should be a pretty nice like draw for outside of just Charlottesville and the ACC Coastal being open and whatever is you look at a couple of the guys we've got coming back. Primarily Nick Conti, the punter. No, uh, <laughs> but I mean seriously, like uh, Ham was fantastic that near the end of the season. You've got Oz, who's like growing into a role, mm-hmm. like a Kaiser first team All ACC. Got Quinn Blanding for two more years. Matt Johns had an almost record-breaking season at quarterback, and he obviously has some skills. Mm-hmm. You have all these pieces. Like, you can build something with these kids. Like, you can bring in some of your own recruits, but you have some good pieces there. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, who would you also have at the, the top of your list if, uh, you know, if we don't get Mississippi State's coach? I think I've gone to, to Matt Rule, who's the coach at Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy who obviously is familiar with the area. I think my concern with Calhoun is not being fully versed on his background. Um, it, it's always a little concerning when you've got a guy coming from across the country who might not sort of have the connections to the area. Obviously, it worked with Bennett, um, but it's different when you've got to recruit two to three guys a year and can sort of do a, a national recruiting search mm-hmm. versus when you're bringing in 20 to 25 recruits a year. No, it's um, so that would be part of what concerns me. Um, but but rules a guy who took over Temple when they were winning two games and zero games and um, you know they're ten and two this year they they almost beat Notre Dame in that nationally televised game they did beat Penn State um, I think he'd be a a great fit uh, if we could get him he's a a younger guy as well I believe I think he's around forty um, so ideally he'd be a guy who you could sort of plug in and, and build a program around uh, for an extended period of time. Yeah, absolutely. What What do you think of uh, Jeff Brom, the uh, Western Kentucky coach? I think I, I wouldn't be surprised based on absolutely zero information at all um, <laughs> if he ended up getting the job. Really? Uh, just because I, I, I think there wants – I think there's this desire to, to have a little bit of flair around things and mm-hmm. to have some – someone with an offensive background and an offensive identity. Right. Um, and he absolutely has that. You know, he was a quarterback uh, in college, 
Um, he was in the NFL for a while, even though he didn't play much. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at Western Kentucky, he, he learned under Petrino where they just put up unbelievable passing statistics and would, would bring sort of that excitement that people want. Um, but he's been a head coach for, for two years, and he inherited a program that Petrino was already running. He didn't have to turn it around. He didn't have to build it up himself. Um, so I, I'm a little concerned as to, you know, how he could do having to, to really reinvigorate things here in Charlottesville. Yeah. Um, but if he's the pick, then great. We'll score a lot of points, and I'm sure other teams will too. Well, it's funny. I was um, talking to a fan of a, another a program. So by that, I mean someone who doesn't really follow UVA sports too closely. And he said, uh, have you guys looked at Kirby smart? Why, why isn't his name coming out in any of that discussion? I think smart's probably getting hired by South Carolina or, or just hasn't been thrown around in the UVA discussion. But what I said to him was Kirby took the, uh, Kirby took the Georgia job. Oh, Georgia. Yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. Georgia job. Um, so it, this was a couple of days before that, but uh, one thing I, I was telling him was that while the Mike London hire, everyone knew that was happening pretty much before it came down. I mean, it seemed like the natural choice. It, it, it seemed like the perfect fit and, and it turned out to be so and was a short process. I was telling him, you know, the Tony Bennett hire with the Tubby Smith and the other candidates to going around to, to replace Leto. No one, at least, I, you know, I, I remember following it really closely, I guess seven years ago or so, and I never had heard of Tony Bennett. Um, you know, I recognized who it was and the, that Washington State had made it to the, the tournament a couple times and whatnot, but I never heard his name associated with the gig following the recruiting and, and uh, coaching search stuff as much as any other sports nerd, you know. So it literally, to me, and I think most people would echo it, came out of nowhere. So I was telling my friend is, in all likelihood, we're going to obsess about the same four or five hot names that all the other fan bases are trying to recruit to their openings, and they might hire someone we never even considered. Uh, so that is the joy of sports blogging, I guess, or sports podcasting. <laughs> Such. sources hashtag sources have all been wrong all of them <laughs> if we just go camp out at the ivy league 7-eleven i'm sure we'll find the next head coach exactly <laughs> was there anybody else I, I think there's one more person we need to talk about a little bit at least um before we turn to basketball and that's got to be sanford at uh, notre dame uh the offensive coordinator who uh i think has as especially before Richt became available was probably thrown around as as the the trendiest choice and he's never even had head coaching experience so it seems to go against a little bit of what little page was saying in his press release uh in terms of what type of direction they would want to want to go for uh, do you either you guys have strong feelings uh, about pursuing him as our next coach this has been like my favorite twist in the last like hour and a half. So then with the Rick thing, they say like, Oh no Rick. And then it's like, Oh, but Stanford was right there until he heard we were going after Rick. Now he's out. And now the story is Rick was never even in Charlottesville. So it just makes me laugh. Like yeah. Stanford mad about this fake meeting that we never even had that we got you. But, yeah. and he also said in front of, he was asked, I guess, in front of Brian Kelly, like at a press conference type thing, like, Oh, are you going anywhere else? He's like, no, I'm committed to Notre Dame. So that might be that he's actually committed to Notre Dame or that might be, yeah, man, my boss is right here. I'm committed. Yeah. 
that doesn't but, mean anything. I think yeah, for those listening who, who might not know what Caroline's referencing is uh, some maybe Twitter message board chatter tonight that 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 sources or what I'm hearing through my you know whoever it is uh, that Sanford was a, a viable candidate until we decided to go all in pursuing Mark Rick and now his response apparently according to these grapevine sources is is to act scorned and not be interested in the job anymore which a right off the bat let me say is certainly false uh but b <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust you know most things you read in that format but b in the in the rare instance that that is true that this guy was trying to get a job or was interested in the head coaching position here and then would would act to us pursuing one of the best coaches in the country instead of him and go well never mind i'm not interested is is would be the least impressive way to respond in the situation as possible and someone i would never ever want in a head coaching position yeah. someone who yeah. would act like that that's yeah. why I, I find it completely unbelievable to be true because it doesn't make any sense it's it's not prom date you know it's not <laughs> sure, but now I'm. You're going to ask me instead. That's that's not the situation. We're talking about a job. We're talking about a multi-million-dollar promotion to one of the you know best-paid state employees. Not to mention yeah. you know, all the power that comes with being a head coach in a Power Five conference and whatnot. I mean, it's a what job. If, <laughs> what if coaches? What if schools had to promise to coaches like kids for <laughs> prom these days? How funny would that be if there's like a banner over like 29 that's like. Stanford, will you be our coach with like hearts and balloons and stuff? It'd be awesome. Well, maybe it's an attract enough of enough gig that we can have like the bachelor uh, and just draw it out and make some money off of reality television. And, oh my god, this should be like, a thing. Why yeah, is this it, not a thing? It shouldn't be coaches. No no coaches would do that. But if we just got like twelve like people, <laughs> like like normal UVA fans or otherwise to audition for the coaching position as a reality. No, coaches player. should do this. They should have weekly like drills or, oh my gosh, this would be amazing. Like they have to like, wow, that'd be really cool. Will well, you accept this football? I just want to sign up for it and be able to participate myself. And it's, it's my idea. Uh, so I think uh, we can all go on it and have, oh, there, there it is. All of us should apply for it and all of us should compete to be the next coach. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. Shrinking the lawn. Shrinking the lawn. Who's the next coach? I'm on it. <laughs> well, do you guys want to talk about the basketball team? Maybe talk Yay! a little more happy stuff. Yeah. So basketball team, big win last night um, at Ohio State. Uh, first off, do you have any conspiracy theories regarding the appendixes, appendices, appendixes, appendices I don't know, yeah. of our basketball team? Do do we believe that, that it was a case of London's appendix, uh, or is this just a smokescreen for <laughs> uh, Matt, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think we just need to get everyone's appendix out. We just, we do it all at once, and maybe we just we do it over like finals because you got like 11 days to, to get everyone back. And if we have to forfeit, you know, the first game coming back from that, that's fine. But then everyone's healthy for the rest of the season. It'll be team bonding. It'll be helpful. Um, and that way we never have to do this ever again. I think probably get a group rate too. Yeah. 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 That's what we want. We want, we want to get a nice little cheap surgeon. <laughs> no, I didn't say cheap surgeon. Just maybe he would, you know, knock off, you know, do 10 for the price of nine. You know what I mean? Like, it's a pretty good deal. 
Well, I think Kyle Guy should definitely uh, get one this summer before coming to grounds. And, and yeah, agreed. Huff and Jerome. And, uh, I just—it's so bizarre. Like we, I know we've like posted a couple names that have like, when was the last like big appendix issue outside <laughs> of Justin Anderson's? Like, it's not contagious. It's not like. Yeah. It's going around the apartment, like it's not how, happening to other UVA students, I think. So it's probably just, not like oh, so random. I'm not conspiracy theory yet. If there's a third one, like I'm calling the X Files, and it's on. <laughs> like, it's just weird. There's some sort of mysterious voodoo curse going on, probably. Well, what'd you guys think of uh, the Buckeyes game? Were Were you impressed with how they? They managed to get a win, uh, you know, against not not the best team, but still a, a big name, talented, uh, two and four, uh, <laughs> Big Ten <laughs> on the road. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a resume booster regardless of how Ohio State plays this year. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how impressive was the win for you, Caroline? Um, I'm gonna go. Hmm. I'm between a seven and an eight, and here's why. Ooh, that's yeah, I, I was actually. I mean, you talk about they've had four now. Um, four straight ACC road wins in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Mm-hmm. There's always something a little bit extra when you do the challenge, I think, and it's always good to get that win because you feel like you're p- pulling your weight, you know? Mm-hmm. You're without London, and I think I think that showed a little bit just with some of the um, – his ability to just control the offense. Like, we settled for a lot of outside shots, mm-hmm. which worked out fine-ish because Malcolm was just, like, shooting flames. Oh, yeah. And – I think Ohio State is is going to be actually relatively difficult near the end of the season. They start four freshmen. Mm-hmm. They're athletic. They're long, and they shot well yesterday. And I'm not entirely sure how well they've shot over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. But they were making some shots where you're like, "What, really?" Mm-hmm. Or like most of the time, we'd be okay giving that up. I still don't like a lot of the uh, lane drives that we're giving up and the baseline mm-hmm. drives. Those scare me. Yeah. I don't like giving up 50-plus points. I just don't. It's weird. I get uncomfortable. Matt, how about you? Were, were you impressed? Were you hesitant? Uh, I'm going to go five if I had to go from one to ten. I, I think Caroline made some good points. I almost actually went higher just after listening to her. <laughs> um, so she's right. A- anytime you go on the road, um, and, and again, we're a top-ten team now, so now when we go to people's yeah. places – Fans show up for that game. People get excited for that game because it's, it's an upset if, if they can beat us, yeah. which is a really, really weird feeling. Yeah. Um, but but going on the road to a, an established Big Ten program, being able to get a win is automatically impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, doing it without London was great. Malcolm is on pace to be the national player of the year at this point. <laughs> um, I think what was concerning for me is, is similar to what Caroline was talking about. We only gave up 58 points, um, but we didn't we didn't look good defensively doing it. It seemed like the issue, and we had the same issue against uh, GW, and we've had it at stretches in other games. Is everyone all the rotations just seem to be like a half second late? Yep. And we don't have uh, Justin or Darion who can erase that that mistake yep. right now. So because when the post traps a little late, they can find the the three point shooters and those guys. Even on some of the misses they had in the last two minutes of the game yesterday, some of those misses were wide open. Yeah. Um, and that's just not something I'm used to seeing at all. And, and that still has me a little bit concerned. But our offense is probably better than it's been since Tony got there. You know? Yeah, that's true. I also was really impressed with Isaiah and Darius. I thought did a great job. Darius, I mean, he was hitting threes, and he's not supposed to be a, quote, good shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he looks very comfortable in that 
sweet like fast break layup where he like pulled it out to the right before he laid it in like that was pretty sweet <laughs> i was pretty excited about that yeah one. that was really nice uh and he's just so quick um i i was glad to see devin hall get a lot of playing time and obviously he was going to get playing time with london being out uh, I, I would like to see him be a little more aggressive because i think he's got a pretty shot um but Thompson, to your, you know, that that's definitely the the note on him is that he's not known as a shooter. But I think I read today he's seven four fourteen. So yeah, far, which we'll take that. That's yeah. certainly a, a good percentage if he can keep it anywhere close to that um, from from three, and that would just really open up the offense. I mean, the reason Malcolm went off is because they were giving him so much space, and it's the same reason why they were struggling in the paint is because they were crashing the paint and they were giving our outside shooters space so you got to take advantage of that I, I think they tried to continue to feed gill because obviously you don't want the other team to dictate the game and and ohio state was saying you're not getting post points or you're gonna have to beat us from outside so you know you take advantage of it when you get a good shot but you still try and get gill the ball more um i think it was whitey on twitter today was saying and i apologize if i'm wrong with who i'm referencing here but it, uh, he made a good point about feeding Gil plenty, but not feeding Toby, who, who does have the moves uh, you know, to, to beat a, a collapsed uh, paint presence on defense and really didn't get any opportunity to show it in the game. So I, I thought that was a little concerning or at least something that Virginia could take advantage of and, and it's in a pretty clear way and didn't really try uh, last night. But maybe, you know, the rotation and second the minutes that, that you would want. So who, who knows why that is really. But tell me you're not more comfortable when Gil gets the ball down low than Toby. Certainly. I think Gil's got a better, uh, you know, repertoire, so to speak, of moves and whatnot. Yeah. But, but Toby, when he catches it, has the, I mean, the natural six foot eleven ability be able to break i think yeah and he does have he does he's made some nice moves he had a nice uh, couple shots last night i also am still i know like everyone's obsessed with jack salt i'm on the total (laughs) salt bandwagon he's fantastic i like him starting i kind of like that role he had no fouls last night what up my man jack salt well i think it's completely clear that tony doesn't want toby and gill on the same floor much at this yeah much and that I, I think salt starting is because gill's starting and not yeah. because salt's better no, absolutely salt, right? um but you know salt brings some hustle uh he was a little slow on some of those doubles that left some people wide open for better or worse um, like you said ohio state was missing missing some open shots uh, i agree with matt though and in, in a, a bit of your hes- uh, hesitation on the defense because i mean g-dub the, the the Washington game and the Ohio State game on the road, I'm not going to say tough environment because obviously Columbus d- doesn't seem to really get amped um, for games. Sean McDonough put them on blast last yeah. night. He was just like, well, I thought the fans would care, but I can hear the benches uh, yelling. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we can ask Mark Ditus about that. Actually, I think he was tweeting about it. Great life. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think um, he got blamed because he was tweeting. <laughs> uh, even even oh, if Mark. it wasn't necessarily a hostile environment, you're right that going on the road, those teams are going to be amped to play a top 10 team. And that's going to lead always to some lucky bounces and some lucky shots and just you know, feeling like you're hanging in there with one of the best teams in the country. But I don't think either of those performances 
make up for what were serious issues on defense. And and Tony obviously said it after the George Washington game. I'm sure they're looking at the Ohio State game and seeing some of those negatives come out, which we didn't have when we were playing uh, in the tournament that they won. So it, it, it was bad to see slower rotations again, bad to see open perimeter shots, because uh, that's always going to be a big weakness from the pack line is giving up open uh, perimeter shots. And, and we've seen UVA lose because of that before. So, you know, I'm sure they're aware. I'm sure we're all aware uh, being fans of it, but it's certainly something that, that needs to be addressed. I look, at, I look at GW very differently than last night's game, though. And granted, I did not rewatch GW because I was there and I was like, don't want to relive that again. Um, but a lot of what I think the GW problem was, was a lot of the not understanding or changing their approach due to the rules. Mm. Like, I, I think that was a big part of it, the way I looked at it. Like, they just really had no answer for how to defend without getting any fouls called. Mm-hmm. And also Isaiah was, was way off that game. Like, he was just off. As were a lot of people. Darius didn't play well. London didn't play particularly great. Like, it was just kind of... But last night, like there were still those mistakes that they, that they need to correct, but I didn't think they were as egregious and then throw in as well, not having London. I think that's a bigger piece than Oh, sure. Sure. Of course. Um, I'd be curious what you guys are looking for before conference play starts uh, in terms of some pretty huge games coming up uh, in resume boosts. I mean, Cal is a talented, talented team uh, and Villanova obviously is, is one of the best teams in the country. Uh, We get Villanova at home, thankfully, but, uh, is there anything beyond what we've discussed already that, that you're hoping to see or, or looking for improvement in before they get into the ACC slate? I think the uh, the West Virginia game, which is next, I want to say it's next Tuesday, I think it's December 8th at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'll actually be an interesting test because I, I know everyone's focused on Cal and Villanova, as we should be, because I believe they're both still top 25 and they're both coming to to JPJ, but mm-hmm. it's possible we have to take on West Virginia without London, um, mm-hmm. depending on how the the appendix heals, I guess. <laughs> um, and they run they run a a VCU type system where they mm-hmm. press full court. They're great at turning people over. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we talked about Hall, we talked about Thompson, um, but I, I think it'd be interesting to see how we can do with sort of the the younger, or at least the less experienced and in this system guards um, at a neutral site against a team that's going to play really up-tempo. Mm-hmm. And and defensively, um, you know, one of the hallmarks of the pack line is, or at least in Tony's pack line, has always been that we don't give up fast-break points, um, and, we, and we never have. Um, but if we're having all these struggles defensively early in the season, is that another area with a team where we're more comfortable running now? Could we be more easily sort of, persuaded to play that up and down style game against that kind of opponent that we haven't played in the past. Sure. Um, and I, I'm, in, I'm interested to see how that goes because I think that'll have impacts on how we play in the ACC against opponents like Duke and UNC and those guys who are obviously way better than West Virginia, um, but would love to, to get Virginia into a game that's, that's up and down and that we seem more comfortable playing this year than in the past. We've just avoided like the plague. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not forget William and Mary on Saturday <laughs> and then West Virginia. No, um, I agree with what's, what everything that's Matt, Matt has said. I think that I, I really do like the schedule that um, Tony Bennett's put together. I've mm-hmm. gotten so much like 
smack talk from people that are like, oh, you guys lost to GW. And I'm like, well, I honestly don't even care. Like, oh, sure, yeah. it would have been great to get that win, but I think that win isn't wouldn't have done as much as this loss has. Mm-hmm. I just think that, like, <clears throat> this team just looks different, and I think that's what is um, has stressed me out. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, there are things watching this team where I'm like, oh, my God. Um <laughs> And that's because we've been so spoiled defensively. I see that we're number yeah. 12 in the country, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> what are they doing? They're falling apart. Now, I'm not, I'm not that dramatic about it, but you look at it, and we're so used Cancel to- the rest of the season. Yeah, obviously, like, Tony's done here. He's outlet- outstayed his welcome. No, um, because you look at it, and you think, like, I can't believe we gave up 55 points. This is absurd. And then you think yeah. about it for a second, and you're like, okay, it's not that bad. It just doesn't look as tight as we're used yeah, to. Yeah. Which is it's stressful. I mean, like you want it to, because that's the hallmark. If we can score like we have been, but then go back a little bit more to where we were defensively. And I think Darion was the biggest piece of that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, everyone misses Justin, but having a Darion or a Keel, we don't really have that role. No, um, I agree. And I think that's one that you have to figure out the you know defense by committee to make up for someone like that. Totally. And I think to your point about not caring about the George Washington loss, I don't think... Tony going into the game had any uh, care whether there was a, a win or a loss on the outside. Right. And, you know, I know that's sort of coach speak, and he says things like that all the time. But going into that, obviously, that game doesn't matter in terms of no. getting a win. Certainly getting a win is better than getting a loss there. But you don't need to win there. What you need to do and what he was doing is figure out how you're going to win the ACC and in yeah. the second game of the season against a good opponent, you're going to shuffle people around and try things and see what gels, yeah. what works, what doesn't work. Maybe there's a little too much what doesn't work. In yeah. That, <laughs> and GW is going to go to the tournament. Like, I have no yeah, doubt in my mind. Like, they played really well. They're a veteran coach team. Like, and honestly, like <laughs> this is just Caroline speak. This isn't like sources. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Tony was slightly, just a little bit happy that they lost. Like, not like trying to coach to a loss, obviously, but I think that there was a piece of it that he's like, he's all about the humble, like the humility. Like, you guys aren't that good. You're not number six. Like, you need to like work hard to stay here. Like, you have to do better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and certainly it, it's always nice to be undefeated late in the season like like last year. But uh, as long as they work uh, on, on the things that they learn from those games, which obviously they're going to do, you know, everything's fine. Uh, let's just save the negativity for if things don't go the way we want uh, early in the conference schedule. <laughs> yeah. But we'll hopefully never have to deal with that. So. I'm sure it's an unpopular opinion and that Caroline will disagree with you before I finish the sentence. Um, <laughs> I'm but, ready. But I, I really don't think we're actually going to win the ACC this year. Uh-huh. In, the, yeah. in the regular season. I, I consider us to have won it two years in a row. And I know people will say the conference tournament is what matters, but fine, whatever. I mean, the, the regular season champ is, is the best team in the ACC. Yeah, um, I, I don't think we're going to win that this year. Um, I'm, I, I've gone back and forth, honestly. I'll, I'll say, like, because I watched Carolina, uh, Maryland last night. Way to go, Carolina. I will root for them in this situation. Um, <laughs> Only and in I that went situation. Back and for- yeah, I went back and forth looking at it, like, are they really good? Or is Maryland just mediocre and they're matching mediocrity and it looks really good? Yeah. Like I can't, I mean, Paige is, is, uh, he's, he's very good. He's yeah. a very good player. 
but I mean, they definitely are, they're definitely beatable as you and I showed, even though they didn't have Paige, I know. Right. And I look at Duke and Duke and they're playing, I'm going to watch the game in like whatever, an hour when it comes on. Mm-hmm. They've been a one man show and I'd be a little bit concerned if I were a Duke fan, which I'm not. <laughs> um, because Grace and Allen's been like the only guy really. And like, it, it's great that he's putting up 30 points a game for them, but look what happened against Kentucky. He was off mm-hmm. and they lost. Like I, I just, I'm, Curious, but he's also the type of player that will get all of the calls with the new system against our type of defense. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I go back also, like I don't got Louisville, sure. who is currently beating Michigan State. Yeah, Louisville looks good. Yeah, what's this? I can't stream and be on the internet right now because uh, <laughs> I believe Louisville's up three at halftime. Yeah, they're up three at halftime. Yeah, they look good early. Michigan State was all over the place. Um, but yeah, I mean Louisville. Um, Miami, but they, yeah, they seem yeah. to be streaky. You know, like they'll get like super hot, and then one game they're just like nothing. Well, so, regardless think, of, of if we think they're going to win the regular season or, or the conference <laughs> or something, do, do you, Matt? Does this mean that your expectations have changed since the preseason because of watching the other ACC teams or watching UVA? Not too much in, in terms of if we're talking about expectations for March and for the tournament. Um, because I, I think once you get into the tournament, it's just it's such a crapshoot um, that it, it's really hard to have expectations beyond, I think we should make the second weekend. I think we're good enough to do that. And obviously, you know, if it comes out that we get a, let's say we get a three seed and the six seed is, wow, that, that would be unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, but I... I my expectation is that I think this team is good enough that it should make the second weekend of the tournament, barring injury or some crazy matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that, anything else would just be, be gravy. Um, so I didn't have those preseason expectations of if we don't make a final four, it's a failure or we need oh, to win yeah. a national title this year. Right. I, I, yeah, I mean, you react the same way, but I know people um, absolutely had those and, and the talent is probably still there to make that run. Um, but it hasn't changed too much for me. I, th- I think people are a little bit more realistic now though, than they were probably seven games ago. Yeah, and I'll, I'll freely admit that I think I probably tempered my expectations a little bit because of what I've seen and everything we, we've talked about. Now, could they still win the regular season uh, conference? Absolutely. Um, do I think they'll do well? Absolutely. But I do. I, I am a little skeptical of, of the three P for the regular season. But like you said, tournaments are is a whole other thing, <laughs> and so it really it, it's hard to predict. You know, ACC tournament or NCAA tournament uh, this early, and so my expectations for those haven't changed whatsoever. But of course, I, I don't believe I was thinking uh, Final Four run or bust. Uh, you know, that's the ceiling, and that's what we're hoping for. Um, and I think it still could happen. But but my big my big skepticism I think right now is is going to see is how consistent can they be excellent in the conference games and I think they're just going to probably drop a few that last year's team didn't drop and and might leave them as the the two or three seed which is still excellent um, but hopefully I'm wrong and hopefully they just win out how about that yeah let's do that that sounds way better that sounds good to me I think on that note uh, we'll close up. Uh, shop for the evening, but I think... Can I can I do one last push? Yeah, of course. Um, 
as going with my Navy roots. Everyone go out there and write in Keenan for Heisman because that's awesome that they took him off the ballot. But okay, well that I come on, think Keenan Reynolds for Heisman. Talking. He's a good dude. He's going to go serve this country next. I do like I do like the Navy football helmets though. They'll be. Oh my God, they're so cool, right? Uh, they're they're pretty sharp. Um, we should. <laughs> you can edit this out if you want to. That's fine. <laughs> no, no, I think it's a good stopping point. But, uh, thanks for listening, everybody who's uh, listening, and uh, we'll uh, be back soon, hopefully, to talk about more UVA wins and uh, hopefully talk about a new coach whenever that happens. And certainly, uh, we hope that it's an awesome one and not Mac Brown. Mac uh, Brown, woo! By uh, <laughs> saying as we always do, go who's. Is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing a car that's got style and substance to spare. The all-new RAV4 Limited, featuring a sophisticated, muscular new exterior and available options like a premium JBL audio system and panoramic roof. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Toyota, let's go places. JBL and Clarifier, registered trademarks of Harmon International Industries Incorporated.